You're listening to episode number 15 of the Brain BS Podcast, Uncovering the Gifts of Boredom. Welcome to the Brain BS Podcast, where you will learn how to recognize when the BS detector in your brain is sounding off and how to use that knowledge to get what you want out of life. Now here is your host, certified life coach from the Life Coach School and podcast newbie extraordinaire, Maureen Kafkas from MK Coach LLC. Hello and welcome back to the Brain BS Podcast. It's Thursday afternoon. I'm recording my podcast and it's raining outside. So you might actually hear the raindrops because this microphone is so darn sensitive. (laughs) It's either really sensitive or I swear sometimes it doesn't even turn on. But, you know, that's me with podcast and equipment and all that fun stuff. Someday I'm going to hire somebody else to do this work for me. And until then, I'm just going to enjoy it. I had a little bit of brain BS come up because sometimes when I go into GarageBand, because that's where I do the recording from, and if anybody's interested in knowing how to podcast or has questions or whatever, feel free to email me at mkcoachllc at gmail.com because it's so much fun and it's such a great experience and I'd be happy to help anybody else with it to the extent that I'm capable of doing so. (laughs) I'm definitely not an expert on the topic. As you will find, because I I have this issue sometimes when I go in here, and for lack of, I don't have the terminology for it, but there's this thing you press, and that makes the recordings go to the line that you want it to, and sometimes when I come in here, it doesn't work. So I'm measuring my personal growth because today it happened, and I literally did not get frustrated. I didn't get mad. I didn't get upset. I was just like, okay. We'll figure it out. Maybe you're not going to record today. Kind of play around with it. See what we can figure out. But I'm telling you, back in the day, I would have been losing my mind over that. It would have like catapulted in all these other thoughts and snowballed and just been a, I would have been a hot mess is what I would have been. The other brain BS, brain BS that I want to talk about is that I went to get my vaccination this week. So that was kind of exciting. I got the Johnson & Johnson one and done shot. I think the funny part about it is that when I was getting ready to go, I was noticing myself getting pretty nervous, sort of like I do when I go to a wedding and I have to be there at a certain time and I don't want to run into the bride coming down the aisle, which I've done before with my husband. So I'm very aware of that. And it also felt like when I used to take the train to work and I was terrified I was going to miss the train that would get me there on time. So, of course, I did uh, something that I used to do in the past all the time with my anxiety. I showed up like 15 minutes early and I sat outside. But I justified that because I didn't know exactly where I was going. It was up in Lake Forest. And I decided that I liked my reasons for leaving early and that I would rather think that my personal growth isn't as great as I thought it was than be late for the appointment. Well, it turns out that they were running way behind. They double booked appointments and the woman who was giving the shot had to take lunch. So we sat there for a half hour. Well, she did that and I didn't get worked up over it. So again, progress this work, it pays off. I'm, I'm not kidding you. It pays off in ways that you can't even imagine until you start doing it. So keep listening to the podcast episodes. Keep reading the blog post. Join my Brain BS Facebook group. 
get involved in this stuff, start making it a focus, and I promise you it will change your life in amazing ways. So today, we are going to talk about the, I always forget the title when I go to say it after, from the beginning, <laughs> it's Uncovering the Gifts of Boredom. So boredom is a great topic. I found myself, it took me longer to write this. The blog, So I do a blog post right before I do the podcast episode. And I really had to narrow down for one episode exactly what I was going to talk about. So I decided that my primary objective of the podcast episode today is to create a mind shift in the way you look at and experience boredom moving forward. And I'm going to do that by giving you some definitions that I found of boredom and what I determine boredom to be. And then we're going to talk about what it is not. And then I'm going to discuss the choices that we have when presented with boredom and why we oftentimes respond the way we do. Then I will follow that up with personal stories, of course, as I always do, about my own journey with boredom and how I have changed the way I approach it and that it's working for me in ways that I never imagined and that I think it could work for you too. So let's begin with some definitions of boredom. And if it sounds like I'm reading, it's because I am, because I want to get them, you know, the way the, the source is said. So the first one is Merriam-Webster, and they define, they define boredom as the state of being weary and restless through lack of interest. I also found multiple definitions that were a state of being bored, <laughs> which doesn't really tell you a whole lot if you ask me. And then I found a definition on Healthline.com, and that is that boredom is marked by an empty feeling as well as a sense of frustration with that emptiness. When you're bored, you may have a limited attention span and lack of interest in what's going on around you. You may feel apathetic, fatigued, nervous, or jittery. Wikipedia offers that boredom is an emotional and occasionally, occasionally psychological state experienced when an individual is left without anything in particular to do, is not interested in their surroundings, or feels that a day or period is dull or tedious. Eckhart Tolle describes boredom as a rejection of the present moment because it's not good enough, or we wish that it was somehow different. So clearly, there's not one single definition of what boredom is. But before we go into that further, I want to talk a little bit about what boredom is not. I used to think that boredom was just not having anything to do, as if boredom was a circumstance and not an emotion. The truth is the only way we can feel bored is because of the way we're thinking. Because, the, because sometimes when somebody doesn't have anything to do, they're totally excited because they've been really busy, they're exhausted, and then they're like, nothing to do, oh my God, this is awesome. And then there's other people that are at their wits end when they have nothing to do and they're totally bored. And still there's another million ways that you could feel about not having anything to do. It all depends on the way you're looking at it. What we know for sure is that it does not exist outside of the human mind, right? You can't see boredom out in the yard playing or gardening. And it is an emotion. And most of us humans do not like feeling it. And from what I can see looking at the different definitions, boredom is a feeling that has a lot of other feelings 
either hidden underneath it or surrounding it. Because Merriam-Webster Dictionary had about six emotions in its definition. So I find I, I think that's really interesting because I think that's a lot of the reason why boredom is such a problem for us. Because if we're not stimulated by what's going on in front of us and by what we're doing, then that leaves our mind a lot of time to think about things and explore things in our brain that maybe we prefer not to know about. So there are typically two options available to us when we determine that we're bored. One option is we can choose to feel the emotion and process it. And by processing, I mean letting the feeling be there, don't make it a problem, drop all the resistance and just breathe into it. If we do that, the emotion will only last for so long and then we can carry on. Yes, I know, this is not how we normally respond to boredom. If only it was that easy, right? Unfortunately, we usually do the complete opposite. We reject the present moment. We judge ourselves and everything around us as not being good enough. We wish something was different and make ourselves even more dissatisfied. We hate the way we're feeling so much that we have to look for some kind of distraction to get away from those feelings. Those distractions could include social media, Netflix, online shopping, overeating, overdrinking, overworking, anything really to keep us from experiencing the boredom of the present moment. Now, this choosing to do this activity or something to distract us is what Brooke Castillo calls buffering, and pretty much anybody with a brain does it. The problem is, is that when we do it, it can lead to being unhealthy and even to addiction. We're really missing out on what is causing us to feel bored in the first place, which is a thought, when we try to distract ourselves and buffer. The other point I want to make is that boredom is just a feeling that, and it really can't hurt us. Even though we don't like the way it feels, it's really not that bad. If we can just get comfortable with the discomfort of boredom, then it does not even have to be a problem any longer. So I know that's easier said than done, but like when you think about it, what is up with us that we make boredom such a big deal. I mean, there's people in other countries that don't get food and they don't get water, and here we are complaining about being bored. But again, that's the human brain. That's how it works. That's why we have to distance ourselves from our primitive brain, and we have to go to our higher self. We have to go to a different place within us, the observer and the watcher, and we have to keep that primitive brain in check. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about my own personal experience with boredom and how it's been such a prevalent part of my life for a good decade. So I didn't get married till I was almost 40. And when I did, and I mentioned this in another podcast, I was super excited. It was fun. And I actually thought being a homemaker and learning how to cook and create a beautiful and welcoming home for my stepdaughters and my husband was really exciting. And I still I still love cooking and and making a home or a house into a home, if you will. I that's important to me. And I love the aesthetics and I love decorating and I change seasonally with the pillows and the decorations in the house. But at some point it kinda lost its luster for me. I was no longer that into it, but I really didn't have any other plans for what I wanted to do. 
I also at that point had been a registry occupational therapist. I was able to make my own schedule and I worked at the hospital and I'd been in acute care and been a therapist for a very long time. And as much as I love the warm, fuzzy relationship that I had with the, with the patients and with the staff at the hospital I worked at, it was just like, mm, nah, not really feeling this anymore either. Now, this in and of itself doesn't have to be a problem, right? It might just signal that it's time for a change. But whoa, my brain didn't like that idea at all. My brain was like, change? Like, go back to work or something? Have to be on a schedule? Lose our freedom and flexibility? Are you out of your mind? My brain did not like the idea at all, and it didn't like it for quite some time. This is what I call the period of being stuck in complacency, apathy, and boredom. (laughs) But before I go further, it's not as bad as it sounds. It was actually a subtle dissatisfaction with life, but it just wasn't bad enough to do anything about it. I knew I was capable of so much more, but I just wasn't inspired to do the work that was necessary for that to happen. Does that make sense? Yes, I'm sure it does, because there's probably a million, well, I like to think there's a million people listening, but I know better. (laughs) But of all of you listening, I bet all of you have experienced this at some point in your life, particularly if you're middle-aged, because this is what we call a midlife crisis. And it's not a coincidence that it happens. There's a reason why it's happening. This is your opportunity to wake up and start living a deliberate life and start paying attention to what you're doing. In my case, it took a little while for that to happen. I was a little resistant, you might say. So instead of investing in the future and the possibility of something new, I just stayed stuck. I continued to shop, go to movies, travel, and go to new destinations. But it really just wasn't even that much fun anymore. I also was always, I I always had this thing where I felt like a loser if I was not busy. I actually think it goes back to my high school days, and it has something to do with whether or not I was popular. Clearly, that's a thought I need to lose, (laughs) because I'm really not concerned about being popular now, I promise you that. That seems kind of counterintuitive, right? If I have a business as a coach, that I would be concerned about being, that I should be concerned about being popular, but it's actually the complete opposite. Because I am not here to coach people on being concerned about whether they're popular or not. I'm here to coach people to go on the same path that I'm on. I'm just ahead of them. So I can show you how to find your tribe, how to find the people that resonate with you and the people that believe in you and the people that listen to you and let go of the people that don't. We, we were never destined to be close or connected to everybody on the planet. If we were, then that would be happening, and it doesn't. So I lived my life like that for a while. And like I said, I have a great family. Uh, I have wonderful dogs. I have a beautiful home. It's I'm not feeling sorry for myself here. I'm just being totally honest. Because the human brain doesn't care how much you have. It doesn't matter. It can still make you miserable if it wants to. So let's flash forward then to about five years ago where I had had it. I was like, okay, that's it. I can't take it anymore. I can't be in the cave. It's killing me. And the apathy and the boredom and the staying safe in the cave became more uncomfortable than what it would take to get out of it. So I signed up for my online doctorate program. And it was awesome because for three years, I thought I was really something and I was pleased with myself. 
Well, of course, that was after I got past the terror of feeling stupid and like I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, but I got through that. And then three years, I swear to God, it lasted maybe a couple months. And then the whole boredom thing was back. And it was, this isn't good enough. I'm not good enough. And it started all over again. And I was like, at what point am I going to be satisfied with the accomplishments? Like, what is going on here? And why can't I figure out how not to be bored? Well, I finally found the answer when I read Eckhart Tolle's The New Earth. The point is not to be bored. The point is to not make it a problem and to actually look at what is causing the boredom and to understand two things about it. One, it's optional. It is not a circumstance. So I can sign up for every program from here until the end of mankind and I could still be bored. It is not a circumstance is how I'm thinking about it. And until I got the lesson, boredom was a problem. And that's how energy works. That's how living a deliberate life works. As long as you resist it, it will persist. It goes on and on as long as it needs to. And I'm sure you all know that based on your own lives when you've resisted something for so long and that just keeps coming back, it keeps coming back and then all of a sudden you let it go and then poof, that's it. As soon as you get the lesson, it's time to move on. Of course, it always circles back on occasion. Make sure that you really got the lesson. So now when I get bored, well, sometimes I still buffer. You know, I'm a human with a brain, so sometimes I grab the glass of wine, sometimes I grab the chips, sometimes I turn on Netflix, sometimes I overwork actually, which is pretty common when you're a new entrepreneur. But more often than not, I recognize it for what it is, that it's just an emotion and it's coming from a thought that I'm having. The thoughts usually that this isn't good enough, I wish it was different, but then I realize that what I'm doing is rejecting reality. And since my whole purpose in life is to live a deliberate life that's conscious, that I get to get the results that I want out of it, then that's a major problem, rejecting reality. That's not something that I want to do. I try to avoid that. So that's that's my gift from boredom. It's a reminder that it's another opportunity for personal growth. Every time we experience it, every time we have that dissatisfaction, we have a choice. We could give into it or we could take another look at it. We could figure out what that particular present moment is offering and take advantage of it. Or we can just be bored, get comfortable with being uncomfortable with boredom and not make it a problem. So I hope you learned something today. Have a great week. See you next episode. If you like what you're hearing here, I'd appreciate you subscribing to the Brain BS podcast and giving it a quick review and a rating of five so I can help spread the word to other people. You can also go to www.thebrainbs.com to learn about the coaching options available to you or join my free Facebook group, The Brain BS Group. Remember, the only thing standing between you and the life you want is your Brain BS.